0: Who needs a president? They're just figurehead.
1: We need yeah. a figurehead. We need a
0: queen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we may be better We're off than, with a queen we'll at this so. point, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Keith
1: just put in his application for British citizenship. That's so, right.
2: Good day, sir. That's right. Yes. He's got yes. that down. you got yeah. the accent Sharon, down.
0: Sharon watches The Crown, so uh, I hear
2: that uh-huh. I Hear that going on in the background. I've been watching The um, Queen's Gamut. Is that right? Queen's, oh, man, Queen's that Gamut. chess show? Yeah. yeah. That, that is, is fantastic. so good. Yeah. that is fantastic
1: guys we're going to talk about some stocks to avoid in 2021 y'all cool with
2: that yeah let's do that all of them (laughs) maybe all of them (laughs) all right here we go the Mr. Market
1: Podcast is a production of Sphere Wealth Management. Sphere is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Sphere and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. Investing involves risk and possible loss of principle. No advice may be rendered by Sphere unless a client service agreement is in place. To see ADV or get additional information about Sphere, visit our website, www.spherewealth.com. Firm information is also available on the SEC's website, www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. Before investing, seek advice from a financial professional, preferably one that acts as fiduciary and is willing to put that in writing. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or sign up for our email commentary through our website, spherewealth.com. This is the Mr. Market Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. We yeah, had going about. Biden appointments and what his cabinet might look like and how that might impact uh, certain sectors of the, uh, of the economy and the markets and which stocks we're looking to avoid. Is there something out there that we're missing right now that if we, if we only had this piece of information, we would be able to make a very clear, determined you know, decision about a stock in our portfolio? i tell you the one that I think we're going to get to toot our horn on, and that's commercial metals. Uh, that was one that whenever we brought it into the committee, which if you don't know this already, you haven't listened to our other podcast, we vote on stocks by committee. We each manage a different part of the process. We sit down in a room and we, we vote on which stocks we want to buy and which stocks we want to sell in the portfolios. And one that's in the portfolio right now for our growth clients is the commercial metals. Commercial metals makes the rebar. If we do get a massive infrastructure project that includes roads and bridges, that's a stock that could do very well, ticker CMC. However, that has not done very well since we bought it. I think it is right at about the price we bought it at. And man, Facebook, God, what did we do on Facebook? About 85% in a matter of, months. Yeah, I think we did 90%, five events, months.
0: Seven, 90% in seven months. Seven months? Yeah.
1: So Facebook and commercial metals went in about the same time. Same thing with Costco. You know, we've done fairly well on Costco. I think it's trading up near its 52-week high. We did get it near its 52-week low. Costco is one that, it hasn't knocked the cover off the ball we still hold it in the portfolio adobe's one that we still hold in the portfolio but it it's done fairly well i wouldn't say that it knocked the it's knocked the cover off the ball though you know i think we're up about 25 30% on adobe since we bought it uh anything in there that that sticks out to you keith well one that we sold too early obviously was target
0: yeah target has crushed it target Just, is is having yeah. a Massive day to day, yeah. We own Walmart, and so that's good. And Walmart has mm-hmm. done very well, but Target has done exceptionally well.
2: Neither one of those got shut down, and right? So they've been able to just f- yeah. flourish. Plus, Absolutely. their online business, right? They're
0: they're a beneficiary of all this. Yeah, it's 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 sad that there that there have been some companies that have done so poorly yeah. while others have prospered, and, and it's not any fault of their own, right. Um, right? You know, winners and losers, and and yes, life has winners and losers, and some companies execute better. But um, this pandemic was just, you know, some companies were just built for this pandemic. So you think of Amazon and and they were already doing well and people are staying at home and afraid to go in stores. And it's just like, oh, really, did they need another advantage? (laughs) You know, Um, Zoom and and, and, when you and you look at
1: it, of course, we've done extremely well on Walmart. Uh, we, We switched Target for Walmart. And we made, Boy, that was a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we made money on Target. but We, we did make money didn't on Target. Target's much. up about 36%, just shy of 40% right now in the last six months. Walmart's done about 19%, just shy of 20% over the last six months. So Target outpacing Walmart, you think that's online sales? I mean, I feel like Walmart's got a really nice online presence going.
0: But Walmart kills them at selling the, the basics and oh, groceries gosh. and so on and, yeah. and automotive. And, and so, you know, they're not an exact replica of one right. another. Right, but, right, right. But anyway, tar- needless to say, Target has done well. Their stock price has done well, and and they kind of enter, they kind of go back and forth. You'll see times where Walmart outperforms, and then you'll see times where Target mm-hmm. outperforms. And Target has done a little bit better the last few months.
1: But yeah, well, over the last three years, it's up about sixty six percent. So not a bad annualized return over three years. So uh,
2: Don, any for you? Any that kind of stick out to you? I don't I just- know. I'm I'm thinking of uh, your question about appointees from mm-hmm. Biden, I'm, and I'm thinking. And I'm not sure how this flows, but secretary of state would be important here. Um, The relationship with China could be different Mm -hmm. as we go forward, which could be way different from you. You were talking a minute ago about international and and what that's been like and all the tariff stuff that we've been dealing with with the Trump presidency versus Biden's already saying he's going to lift all that stuff. And so um, so things could be much different on that side to your uh, thought about appointees for the Biden administration so to Secretary of State would be a big one and how that's going to yeah. play with China yeah I think that not only how that
1: plays with China but how that plays with uh, some of these emerging economies mm-hmm. out there you know because I think one thing that we do recognize is we're going to diversify away from Southeast Asia from a manufacturing
2: standpoint. I think Biden is going to be favorable to China I, 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 do you I, I do
0: I, I think there's a chance. Unless he's worried about looking too favorable with Mm. China because of the accusations that are, you know, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. Have we been a little more isolationist with Trump than we have in in recent administrations of of both brands? And so will we we become Mm -hmm. a little more international again instead of the America first uh, type? policy. I think we all agree that even if there was a hard lockdown, a government mandated hard lockdown for a month or six weeks or eight weeks or whatever, it's going to end eventually. We wouldn't stay in that condition permanently. But if they change the minimum wage to $15, right. chances are that's a done deal. Or even if it's 12 or whatever, you know. Right, right, right. So, so that would be a longer term thing.
2: The challenge um, the challenge around it will be those companies, a lot of those smaller companies, don't really have like a big pile of cash absolutely. to operate yeah. on and, you know, pay no their money, lease yeah. and pay their bills. And well, and we've already... Keep, it, keep people employed. So we did see the PPP right, money come through right. earlier in 2020. You know, will there be another package like that in 2021 that would help those industries if indeed we do a big lockdown if so i hope so you know for those industries sake but if not, then those we'll see a bunch of those go go out. I mean, they're right. already struggling. There you go. That, yeah. That, that's yeah. That's yeah. the
0: point. That a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of individuals have already been kneecapped. It, it's kind of mm-hmm. like going to war, and, and and you didn't get killed, but you've just got both of your legs blown off. Yeah. It, 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 you right. Know. right. So
1: um, won't won't yeah, take much more to. Go yeah, ahead and wipe
2: y'all off. Push
0: some things over the edge. And, and Which even is scary. if we didn't.
1: That's scary. Yeah, it is the, scary. The, the impact of that in the economy is massive. And I don't think people fully understand how many, un, how many people would become unemployed right. in that situation and how that would impact local economies as it is. Because if you live in Stuttgart, Arkansas or Huntsville, Arkansas, and the waitress at your diner, also gets her nails done down the road, and also gets her hair cut down the sure. road. She no longer has a job. She's either moving or she's having to figure something else out.
0: It's that multiplier effect in reverse. Yeah, if you if it, you don't have the money it, to spend at the it's at the other place, then then yeah. now yeah. And, but but the other part, too, is that even if it's not a mandated lockdown, we're coming into winter, we're seeing cases ramp up. I, I looked at the thing earlier today mm-hmm. and, and Minnesota was leading the way. Well, it's the northern states now that are seeing a, a big increase, not just exclusively there, but a lot of them.
2: Well, and what I'm speaking to is that like when you think of a Biden administration coming in, right. it looks as though he's going to be president And he's already saying we're going to do this. He's already, you know, given lots of big signals that that's what we're going to do. Now, to your point, Keith, that with the vaccine, if that comes on a little bit stronger by the time inauguration comes on, then we may get a different story. So please come on vaccine, right? Let's get that. And what was it? Pfizer and um, Moderna Moderna, both look good at this point. But I don't know. How long will it take to get a vaccine to everybody? Yeah, and that's That's a big and Yeah,
1: Keith was about to say it, but I listened to a Bill Gates podcast the other day, and it was fascinating. Just because we have the vaccine doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get it distributed. It's going to take a long time to produce. You're talking about a lot of production that you, know, right. that you need to, to, to do. If every single pharmaceutical manufacturing company in the world did it, I think it's like 2024 before they've created enough vaccines for the entire world to have had a vaccine. So if the entire world shut all of their pharmaceutical manufacturing down, and of course i don't exactly know to what extent pharmaceutical like i don't know if it's like aspirin and i don't know you know bill gates kind of said it in a podcast so i'm kind of i'm regurgitating what i think i heard or how i heard it it would be about 2024 before we'll have enough before every single person would be able to be vaccinated.
0: Yeah, whatever that number is, it's, it's out in the future. It's not a month or two away. Right. You yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, they said something the other day about what, having 20 million vaccines ready? Well, we got 330 million people mm, just, just in, in this US. country, plus the rest of the world.
2: What would be the population of people your age and above, Keith? I don't know. There's just one. two of us, you I mean, and me. Just,
1: <laughs> just
2: a couple not, of
0: us left. Yeah. Not, not very, very many
1: other people that lived in the 1800s, I guess. Right.
0: But 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 again, you know, they're, they're going to give it to the people. people. People that are most vulnerable first, the people in nursing homes and people that are immunocompromised, and then it'll be probably um, what? nurses and doctors you know the healthcare industry and then it'll work its way down to people you're in my age and then it'll work its way down to middle-aged people like John and mm-hmm. and then you know so it, it'll yeah, take a, right. it'll yeah. take a while whether it goes really rapidly and wonderful in in the moderna and pfizer vaccine and then who, who was the other one that just i think today uh, was it the one Oxford university or Cambridge one of the They said that they're getting ready to apply for approval as well or Mm -hmm. release their test results. So, you know, maybe they all hit here about the same time, but they're just logistically getting everybody that vaccine. We're probably looking at 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 least months. And so this is probably going to be a hard winter.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: It's you know, days are getting shorter. The weather's getting colder. We're sitting here today and it's beautiful. It's sunny. It's what in the mid sixties outside. But I'm not riding
1: my bike today, which is sad. It it
0: won't be that way potentially soon. Right. So you know, it's it's cold and icy and wet, and and everybody's staying inside, and everybody's got COVID fatigue and lockdown fatigue, but. This is going to be a...
1: Shift gears over there, Don. Where are you headed?
2: Well, I'm headed here. Stocks that we're, th- we're kind of kicking around the idea of stocks that we might avoid in a Biden administration. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're just... And rather than going down the route of... I've got the number stocks one. Stocks that we think we should have during a Biden administration, the ones get? to avoid. What's the number one?
0: The company that makes those Trump flags. <laughs> I don't know. I'm they are sorry. out. They're <laughs> out of business <laughs> Sell that baby There's, short.
2: I, I don't. You know, I don't know. we have kicked orange, that around. Yeah. We could go down this road just a minute. That, <laughs> they you may know, sell more I mean, of them. Who knows? Th- do you really think that President Trump's going to go away? No. W- when when this, no. it, even if he's not president, right? So he may we may still actually have Trump flags going. It may you improve may right. improve the Trump flag business. Bull I don't know in Trump flags. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah.
0: yeah, Don's right. I mean, he he ain't going to go quietly into the night, or whatever whatever that old saying is. Um, he's going to have, he's going to do something. He'll, he's he'll, no he'll have Nick. his own. Yeah. He'll have his own show, his own network. And he'll, and, and I heard another guy just say, well, you know how we all gripe about, oh my God, this po- political season has lasted so long. Yeah. How long ago was it that the first person announced their candidacy? What, two years ago or so? It, it's just, he may yeah. announce his candidacy for 2024 on january the 21st and he may just be he loves to to run and he loves to speak and he loves the attention and so could could you imagine that that, no. that for the first time in history the the next presidential campaign literally begins the next day that uh, like, oh w- my gosh
2: whether whether <laughs> I'm we moving. like
0: i'm gonna move where can i move is there any can you get a place in greenland pretty cheap is that, is that, that where, Arkansas, is that what you? Oh, down by the airport. I don't,
2: I don't want any of these politicians to announce no. <laughs> anything on January twenty first. You know, <laughs> but, but to, yeah, yeah. Whether it's Trump or any of them, you know. Well, I it would. It gonna, would be in
1: typical Trump fashion. It would just, what? you know, kind of try, try gonna, to take some of the take some of the wind out of the sail of Joe Biden. I keep waiting for a concession. Where I guess we're just not going to get one. No, so what's it's no. going to is this. It, Maybe I want to we'll know if this com- would be the first confession. Time. Maybe a confession. a confession. You're not going to get a concession no.
2: now. You've probably later. That but ain't his style. Now. It's yeah. not going to happen now. Yeah. Anyway. What would, so, would you say so there's ever been one? That would
1: you, I would don't say? know. Yeah. Going back, let's go back because I think you ask a great question. The stocks to avoid, right? With it, and it's not necessarily a Joe Biden presidency. It's just kind of looking out into 2021 under with the understanding that Joe Biden has now is now the president know, elect. I don't want right. to say one way or the other. I, it, sure. I'll, I'll say it. Can I say it? Sure. I, are you, the contrary. Yeah, yeah, you he's can pres-
0: president elect. So it L- looks, love him or hate him, I, you know, that's modern. We are operating not, under the assumption
1: that he is now the president on January the twentieth. So we're operating with that assumption. We're looking at the people that he's going to place in his cabinet. We're looking at things that he wants to do from an economic standpoint, looking into the market and trying to figure out where are there places to dial back some exposure and where are the places where we can maybe have some opportunity. And I feel like there's, there's a great podcast coming about the opportunities. But when we look at where are we, where are we nervous, what makes us most nervous right now? From a sector standpoint, hard to imagine energy is going to have a strong 2021. Right. I don't see energy coming back in 2021. Not that it won't come back. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's hard for me to imagine that it comes back in 2021. I don't know about automotives. I just keep waiting for that bubble to burst. I look at the travel industry and I think if we get into 2021 and this thing just kind of lingers as we come back to travel and I I think I think hotels kind of big travel cruise cruise lines resorts that kind of stuff. I think that that can be impacted pretty significantly. I don't know as much about business travel, so I don't know about the the Marriott's and the Hilton's or the the Deltas and the American Airlines. Service sector, obviously we've talked about service sector in depth. I think that's a place that you may want to avoid any type of restaurant stock.
0: You know, the thing about that is a lot of them have come back to the levels that they were before covid
1: just just indexing
0: already come back up so much and and so in a market that was not statistically cheap at all as a matter of fact let's just be honest it was expensive um before covid even hit so last january you know we're we're in a market that is trading at or near all-time high record valuations certainly in the top five or ten percent of all whatever valuation metric you want to use so you kind of think well where's it going to go from here and then now that we've had covid and and even with a vaccine there's been a lot of damage that's been done and and yeah. then what you just said that's a good example of corporate travel so you know now that people have been forced to do zoom and things right. like that it's it's become second nature and so you yeah. might we used to would have gotten on a plane you know, let's say you traveled once a month to see key clients or whatever. Well, maybe you still travel some, but maybe you only go once every two months, and then the yeah, in between or months you yeah, once a
1: quarter and yeah, that's,
0: and so that's you know if you look a at sixty percent
1: reduction in business travel, or even a fifty percent, even a thirty percent reduction in business travel hurts the travel industry quite a bit. There's Amen. a lot of seats. There's a lot of seats on airlines that are going to go unpaid for right because of that. Now, right. well, how does how does the airline respond? How do they how do they navigate that storm and I think air travel was probably at an all-time high going into COVID. Yep,
0: I think so, or, or close enough. If, if yeah.
1: not an all-time high, close. I mean, it's really close. The, I know the airlines were doing fairly well. It's expensive to run an airline, mm-hmm. but I know they were
2: doing fairly well. So, Well, I would think that would be one to be careful with, to mm. avoid, to be really careful. The yeah, the airline business period again. Even with the vaccine. That that
0: has has corporate travel. I mean, that's where profits are made is at the margin. And so when you shave off that extra, you know, 10 or 15 percent of business, well, that may have been what brought a profit to the bottom line. You've still got the debt. You've still got the, the fixed cost. You've still got... I don't know. I'm, will, I'm, I'm, will Joe Biden the,
2: step in and try to save the airlines? I don't know. I hadn't like, heard anything we about We need that.
0: airlines. I don't well, want to get yeah, to the point where
1: I need to get somewhere and, and can't right. get a flight. And so
0: uh, I
1: think it's reasonable. Well, to- I, think, I think you want to go back a step, talking about the unintended consequences of everything that we've done here. If we have this higher wage, if we have this slowing economy, if we do fall into a recession, which I, I anticipate that we will probably at some point, call this a recession not necessarily that it's going to be called a recession the textbook definition of but we'll eventually call this a recession and we may get the next three quarters of you know decrease in gdp growth so we we may be there however you get all that going and you don't have as much business travel the flights aren't as abundant demand is not quite there and so a lot of these resort type places start to shut down and it reduces the amount of supply that you have in the market. And when those two things equalize, right, when supply and demand equalize, when the demand falls and the supply falls to meet it, it's going to continue falling because people in that industry, right? So if, if, if I shut down a resort, that's a whole bunch of people that are now without a job, right? which even further exacerbates the problem. I have several good friends that are home builders, and they're like, man, I'm busier than I've ever been in my life. I've, I've heard interior design, the busiest they've ever been. They're turning down clients left and right. Right. There are not enough interior designers to go around because I'm stuck at home. I want my space to be Sure, if you're going to be nicer. stuck at home,
0: you want it to look good. You, you may yeah. have needed to change a room into an office and whatever, so yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely interesting who, who the winners and losers have been, the obvious, you know, the things like that and mm-hmm. Zoom and, and Amazon and, and whatever, but um, it's kind of interesting to think about the sort of the long-term psychological impact of something like this. Not that we're all going to be just completely damaged goods, but when you think about our grandparents, Mm-hmm. Don, you and I our grandparents, not, not so much John, but, you know, people that lived through the Depression, yeah. it forever changed the way they dealt with stuff for the rest of their life, even though there wasn't a Depression anymore, you know, after the Depression got over in World War II and, and things were good, mostly in the 50s and 60s and so on and so forth. But you'd still have a grandmother that would save aluminum foil. Like so right. it's perfectly good. Fold it up and put it back in the drawer, you know. Um, just stuff like that. And 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 being very thrifty and and saving at the bank and, and being afraid of putting money into the stock market back then because right. stocks did horribly in the thirties. A lot of people were distrustful of banks because some banks went out of business in the thirties. And so um, you know, that that forever changed a generation of people. And so that's what I kinda wonder. Again, I don't think we're all gonna be just, you know, completely altered by this, but what, what are the long, you know, do do people just say, no, we cook at home a lot more. We learned during COVID as we were stuck at home for six months or a year or whatever it turns out to be how to cook. And we, we kind of like it and, and it's cheaper and we, you know, we eat healthier because of that or because we, you know, our kids didn't do anything for a year. And we thought, you know, yeah. we were really, really busy going to seven or eight different things we have told our kids yeah, you, yeah. you get one thing to do and i don't know i just wonder about that and, and so yeah. and, and then the whole labor deal i wonder if we'll see some version of a 1930s type you know wpa ccc yeah. where we'll have people sort of working for the government but they're out there you know resurfacing roads and building right. bridges and things like that and you know you can debate that all day long whether that's, that's gonna be good.
1: really good i mean really like very good jobs very well-paying jobs yeah some of, the, some of the New Deal was putting confidence back in the, in the financial sector, and they needed that. This time around, it's probably going to be more works-related, more jobs. I do think that we're going to, like, the unemployment numbers have continued to just kind of creep up and creep up and creep up. And so as we go into 2021, we're going to have the highest unemployment rate that we've had in a long time. And it's not trending down, it's trending up.
0: And there are a lot of people that are underemployed as well. A lot of people. So, are so, so you, that, you may and, technically not be unemployed, but yeah. you may not be able to be doing the kind of job that you wanted to do, that you
1: were trained to do. That yeah, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna botch this, but there are, I think there are six unemployment numbers, U uh, one through U six. I believe that's right. U six is the one that we should probably. U two is my favorite. U two is my favorite the band. Anyway. Oh. Oh, I don't know. What, I don't know what you two and we, <laughs> I, think we you, I, think, I think we quote you. I think we quote you three. So when we talk about unemployment, we typically quote you three. And then they have another kind of characteristic of unemployment. So basically what they do is they just kind of take the numbers and they go, OK, these are the people that are actually unemployed. And then they take like U six is people that don't work. I don't know if that includes kids or not, but it may include minority. It may include children, just everybody that doesn't work at all. So retired and everything. U five is the number. I think that's the one that's like the actual unemployment number. That's the one that you look at and you go. Those people are not in the same, their skill and education level is much higher than the job that they're in. Right. The
0: un- underemployed. Yeah. Right. And then there's ones that, that well, I'd, I'd work if I had a job, but I've given up looking because I, you know, don't can't find right. anything. And so, yeah, the discouraged, them, discouraged workers yeah, and
2: stuff.
1: They call them retired. They're
2: retired. Right. Yeah. Here's one. I'm, I'm going to come back to the this travel sector conversation, right? Okay. And we've talked about how it's come back and things have gotten a little better, but here's one that has not gotten better. Carnival Cruise Line. Mm-hmm. All right? so you look back here, back in January, even up until uh, mid-February, I mean, it's over $42 a share. Now it's $18 a share. So...
0: Now that's off the lows,
2: right? It did, it did not... Um, well, if we if we go look at like yeah. over the last month, yes, seven dollars and it's, 80 cents it's up, it had gotten down bracket. to what 14 i guess i guess here in october it's around thir- 12 13 now it's up to 18 so it's kind of had a little spike here recently mm-hmm. um, i'm not sure what that's due to Pfizer the,
0: when when Pfizer came out with their announcement here yeah. a week and a half ago they, they took a big the
1: hope, jump
2: yeah <laughs> big they, they, it, it, a big jump they took the hop
1: a lot of a lot of you know a lot of stocks took a big hop that's one an interesting
2: that's an interesting thought i mean you know there there you go there would be one to keep an eye on you carnival know. cruise line and royal caribbean and um, I was noticing Expedia here a minute ago, and I was looking at them, and I mean, they've come back nicely, and I'm wondering, why did Expedia come back so well, but Carnival Cruise Line didn't? What's your I best mean, guess? I mean, I may go travel,
1: but I'm not getting on a boat. Right. Okay.
2: I mean, I, all I I
1: remember when this thing first got kicked off, and there were people trapped on cruise ships. Yes. It's stuck. Yes. Pretty and scary. That looked... That looked horrible. Yeah. I saw so an interesting t- article. And now know, they're all they you, all yeah. have it now, right? You talk about yeah. somebody deciding that jumping overboard is worth it. That's me on one of those cruise <laughs> ships. I don't I don't like the idea of small spaces anyway. With Take my chances with the sharks. Yeah, no, swim. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure the sharks are they were circling those things like yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, vultures boy. looking at a yeah like I, they've got COVID, but it doesn't gonna affect
0: sharks. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, yeah
1: um. Keith, I've got the cruise I've got the cruise lines in a long-term recovery if they recover at all. Mm -hmm.
0: They may may survive, but yeah, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a mad rush to get on a boat. I saw an interesting article the other day, just literally in the last day or two, should have sent it to you guys talking about the people that are, that work on the cruise lines that, that, haven't been able to get off the ships. And one of the guys says, I've been on this boat for like six or seven months and they won't let me go home. And he was from some country in Africa or Asia or whatever, God. but his own country wouldn't let him back in. And so they're they're kind of homeless, adrift on these ships. They're not getting paid. They're getting fed, but they're basically prisoners of carnival or royal caribbean or wow. whoever in norwegian cruise line interesting yeah and they couldn't can't get off the boat there's no place to go people don't want to let them in in their country their home country isn't letting them in and so they're just sort of stuck they're just stuck on this boat so mm-hmm. and 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 one guy finally got off and he they said well you know when the cruise line industry starts back up are you going to go work on the ship and he's like oh heck no and, and so they'll have to retrain back. people. And so I don't know. That's an interesting be, thing.
1: Yeah, it could be interesting. And, that, and that's expensive. You know, when you start retraining yes. people to do that kind of work, it's that, that can become very expensive. And these so.
0: companies that even though they've survived this far, unless, unless the government really does give them a big chunk of just free money, mm-hmm. um, I, I, was, I was a little surprised by the... Uh, complacency of some of the investing public when they'd hear, hear a CEO or CFO of some of these companies talking, They're like, well, we're, we're fine. We got, you know, $2 billion cash in the bank, and we've got an undrawn credit line of another $2 billion, so we're good. It's like, that credit line is not free money. It's borrowed money. So if you spend all of your money that's in the bank, and now you tap some credit line, that's not necessarily a good thing. Yes, that's access to cash short term. But it's still money that has to be paid back. So you you get out on the other side of this thing, and instead of being $2 billion in the black, now you're $2 billion in the red. You've spent all your savings, mm-hmm. and you've borrowed money. That's the cost of survival. That's not thriving. And so I, I just mm-hmm. think a lot of these companies have been severely wounded. So going forward, are they worth the prices that they are today when they don't have a dividend? They don't have any earnings. It might be years before they have any earnings, and they're going to be struggling with this burden of debt. And a probably lower revenue stream because even if a lot of their customers come back, there's going to be some like you just said. Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm not getting on a boat. They could give me a cruise. I don't think, and I'd take it. I'm
1: not. Yeah, I wouldn't go.
0: Yeah. So it's just, I'll fly and I'll, I'll go to Las Vegas or wherever we decide to go again, but I wouldn't want to get on a cruise. I've never yeah. been on a cruise. I know you have done. I have. But I just, it doesn't appeal to me. And so it I, wasn't
2: that great to me. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the, uh, what do you call those? The all inclusive, uh, all the donuts you could have and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> Donut buffet. On the land, you know, down sure. in uh, sure. Mexico. Yeah. Right. a Great place to be. It was, yeah. it was fabulous down there. Playa del Carmen and Cabo. But so yeah. anyway,
0: yeah. Biden or or not, I, I just I think there are certain industries like this that are really going to be struggling for a few years. And again, I could yeah, be I wrong. A, a, a cheap point. enough stock can be a good investment, That's even if you think, well, or, you know, so-and-so's business is going to be only 50 percent what it was. But if the yeah. stock's down 95 percent, you might say, all right, well, I'll take that bet. You know, there's a chance to make money as it just reverts to a new higher lower price a new lower price but that's higher than it is now so i, I don't mind being a contrarian but a few of these things like that that just kind of seem too difficult too many headwinds for yeah. now who knows what the future holds i, I,
2: I, I know you I, mentioned a, a minute ago that the uh the next podcast is going to be the opportunities that are going to yeah be where since. the
1: yeah where the opportunity is going to be you know and yeah. i kind of give you a little little precursor guys i think that there's a lot of opportunity in medical devices right i think there's a lot of pent-up demand for these for these uh we have not seen people go to the hospital and get elective surgeries and get elective procedures done i think there's a lot of pent-up demand especially um, the big yep. the big hospital chains and then, and then the, the medical devices that a lot of these companies knee use. and hip replacements mm-hmm. things like
0: that that may have just been postponed Yep.
1: yeah so guys i'm interested to see what happens obviously we're speculating on who is his appointments may be before we, before we get out of here, I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to talk about this real quick. It's something that, that Don and I were talking about earlier, you know, every now and then we'll, we'll help each other out when we got to drop cars off to get oil changes or tires rotated or whatever. And so we're riding in the car Don and I had little, we had like a little car day today. We're riding in the car and I'm, and I get, I get back in the car after taking my car in Keith and I look at Don and I'm like, why do they treat you like you have just ruined their day by walking in there? <laughs> why is it that every time you go get your car serviced, it's like you're a like you've messed them up you've messed up their whole day like man I'm a customer right, right.
2: and a, and we and we talked about what if when customers walked in our office we treated them like that what would they what yeah. would their response
1: Well, make? and we talked about where that comes from you know where does that where does that really come from and I think we kind of we kind of landed here I think it's the the fact that I need you know I need the GMC dealership to fix the wiring in my truck or my truck won't run so if that's the case I have to have it I'm willing to stand there and the guy looked at me and like, almost out of disdain, looked at me and be like, look, it's $135 just to talk to me, okay? I'm going to go run a test on your truck. It's going to take me five minutes and I'm going to charge you $135. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any other option. This is what it is. This is, this is my only option. So go for it. In the, investment, in the investment business, if we were to do that when clients walked in, we'd kind of like, they walk in, we don't even say anything to them. We eventually look at them like, oh, hey, hey have you been helped yet? Have you been helped? And they're like, no, no one's talked to me. How long are you standing in an investment advisor's office with no one talking to you <laughs> while they, you know, answer the phone and look at their computer and do all kinds of other stuff before you're like, hey, I'm here, right? There are options. I'm, I'm out of there, right? But let's say they did that. They walk in and, they, and then we look, I'm like, yeah, man, I tell you what, it's $135 just to sit down and talk to you. No, they're, they're, you're leaving, right? Right. Yep. Customers are leaving. And we, we went back to this place and I, I don't know, you were, you were there at the beginning of stocks. So I was going to see what you thought about this. So I think it goes back to, there was a time when you know, now, so many people need us. We are needed. We're not as needed as maybe the service department because you can do this kind of stuff online. You can't you can't fix your truck online, although you can look up YouTube videos. Sure. But you can't necessarily you know fix your truck online. So we are needed in, in the respect that a lot more people have investments. They have a four hundred one k. They have a four hundred one k rollover. A lot of people have IRAs or Roths now. A lot of people have some savings and they're doing some investing. And I would say that the majority of people, the majority of the workforce, and we know this to be true now, the majority of the workforce does have a 401k. Right. So if that's the case, now all of a sudden we're necessary. And we haven't always been necessary. There was a time when most people didn't have a 401k. In fact, very few people had their own 401k. It was a pension plan. And if you're in a pension plan, you're part right. of the company's right. plan and they'll just send you the check. You don't get to decide anything. You don't make any investment choices. No one needs to advise you to do anything because they've already got groups of people that do that for you. Now, before you get into, well, that sounds great, understand that returns on pension plans are not that great. Also, they're extremely expensive to to manage and operate. And the overall dollars that you receive through a pension plan, historically speaking, those dollars would be much lower than being able to participate in your own 401k plan. So there's my commercial for the 401k. You're welcome, Bernie Sanders. So (laughs) that's good. So because more people have 401ks were necessary and they weren't always necessary, there was a time when you called people and you're like, hey, will you take some money out of your savings account and buy a stock with me? Will you take some money out of your savings account and buy a stock through through me? I think I've got a great stock to sell you today, right? So you needed them. You needed the customer more than the customer needed you. Is that fair?
0: Sure. Yeah, well, when I when I happened to get started back in 1985 as well, the, the bull market had only Did you just been, say
1: 1885? Oh,
0: 1885, sorry. that's <laughs> right, that's right. Garfield was president, yeah. Garfield the cat, not Garfield, <laughs> not James Garfield. Interest rates were still a lot higher. People had many more options. Uh, the bull market had only been, you know, going for about, what, two and a half, three years. I guess the market bottomed out for the last time, at, at that time uh, in summer of 82, after a nasty long, you know, Go nowhere. Seventeen year long bear market. But so anyway, it, there were people were still more reluctant to invest because they could get an eight percent CD or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and 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 because stocks had been on a, a, a nasty, sideways roller
1: coaster ride for you know at that point nearly twenty years. Keith, tell me so. Tell me about the first stock that you ever traded. Like tell me about that first interaction. You get your license. It's your first day on the desk. Go.
0: Uh, Walmart and Tyson up, up here. I mean, you said first stock, I don't know which one it was, but here in Northwest Arkansas, it's probably one of those two, you know, there was a, obviously they're easy to talk about. Both of them were doing great at the time and and still have been wonderful,
1: successful companies through the years. So you remember your first phone call when you called somebody and they said yes?
0: Uh, no, I don't remember that. You know, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was, and, and then at that time, actually Hudson Foods and Rogers uh, was, was just gone. about to go public. So, so after going, you know, getting the license and going to training school for, you know. By month with AG Edwards came back mm-hmm. and about a month later Hudson Foods was going public so that was a great reason to call people a local company that yeah. um, had been pretty successful and, and was getting ready to IPO and so it was a great reason to pick up the phone and talk to folks and there when was you, good when,
2: interest. When you asked them to buy would mm-hmm. you say 100 shares 50 shares a thousand dollars worth how did you ask them to buy the stock?
0: You know, just just like here, here's what the expected price is going to be, and and yeah, then how, they much would you, tell how much how you much you put you down for a hundred shares, and, and of course, on an IPO, you only have a certain amount of stock anyway. Each right. office mm-hmm. is limited, right. each broker is limited to the amount that they had. So sometimes it was just you know you just had a limit, and so you, you couldn't sell more than that. But once they once they started trading, you know, the day of the IPO, the day afterwards, then it was still a good reason to to talk to people, and of course. Um,
2: what was the fee that you charged them to do the commission? You charged them to do that. Oh, I, I, I can't remember. It, it was
0: it was certainly more than commissions are nowadays. I mean that is yeah. the, yeah, Commissions, commissions were regulated the back then, yeah. and, and they got deregulated, and so there was more competition. And then and then the internet came around, and then even even before the internet, you, you had companies like Charles Schwab, mm. and so you'd have the one eight hundred number. Then you had discount brokerage that wasn't offered before that suddenly became mm-hmm. available in banks in the late eighties. And so there was a lot more competition. So that was good. That was good for investors. It, it became cheaper to buy a stock. You had more places you could you could do yeah. that, and and not as much went to the pocket do, of the what, broker. What, the what broker
2: about you, John?
1: What was the first one you ever traded?
2: Well, I I didn't do it like Keith. I came through a whole different avenue. But the first stock I was ever involved in was Jaguar stock, and I went into um, who. Eventually became a good friend of mine. He was a broker at AG. It was just like Keith, mm. and I had been studying Money Magazine, and I'd been studying this thing for at least a full year, and really, and I had determined that Fidelity Magellan Fund was going to be the place to be, and uh, and uh, Peter Lynch, and I, and so I had a little bit of money, and I was going to invest into the Fidelity Magellan Fund. Well, I didn't understand it, but when I went in and talked to uh, my buddy about doing this. I mean, he became my buddy later at that point. He wasn't my buddy, but you know, I can't, I first time we had ever met. Um, he wasn't going to get paid anything if we bought the Fidelity Magellan fund, but he was going to be paid something if we bought Jaguar stock. Uh, yeah. So guess what we bought? Jaguar, I we, we bought Jaguar and it did great. I mean, it did fine. It was kind of fun. I mean, I think I, you, you know, followed it and you just, you got on, of course, there, there were no cell phones then. There was no cell phones but I had the paper and and so every day I would I was a coaching basketball at the time I'd walk into the office and um and I would find the paper immediately and I would run and I would see what the price of the stock was and I'd run around to all the other coaches and show them uh, what the stock price was and how I was doing, and it was Mike Anderson at that time, and mm-hmm. coach, coach Richardson coach Richardson certainly didn't care yeah. and uh, but all but everybody else you know I would make them care and uh, anyway it was it was a lot of fun and it went up and down and up and down and up and down, and then I made you know i don't know a few bucks and that was it, and I got yeah. out of it and then I went and bought the Fidelity Magellan fund and did really good with that yeah yeah, and if you don't want the Fidelity Magellan fund is that the most famous
1: mutual fund of all time?
0: It certainly was for a while back then. Yeah. That's you know Peter Lynch uh, got famous running that, and, and was which is uh, probably had a fantastic track record yeah. for what ten or twenty years. And the the story I mean, when
1: you talk about mutual fund managers, Peter Lynch, Bill Gross, are those that that's that's the Mount Rushmore. They're right? the rock stars of yeah you know, yeah.
2: The the story I remember about. Fidelity Magellan, I don't know how long it was great, but let's just say thirty years, right? And say if you would have invested in it and put your money in and it's left it there for thirty years, you ended up with like a I don't know, thirty percent return. I mean it was a big, big number. Yeah, annualized return. Annualized return. However, here's the interesting, seventy five percent of the people that ever put their money into the Fidelity Magellan fund lost money. Yeah. Well, how is that? How did you this put is a your great study. how did you put your money in the one of the most famous, best mutual funds over a 30-year period, and actually lose money. Well, you put it in at the high, and then you when it went down, you took it out at the low. And, the and then people, it went back up, and you felt comfortable again. And, yep, yep.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, something interesting about mutual funds, and I, I want to tell my story right after I say this, is we've been doing these podcasts, and, man, these these are so fun. We're having a lot of fun. But we're doing it on Facebook, right? So we, we kind of release it on Facebook. That's where we have a group on Facebook that we have, and we kind of engage with people through our, through our page. And somebody sent me a, a message, and they said, hey, I heard your 401k conversation the other day on your podcast. Would you take a look at my 401k? And so he sends me screenshots of his 401k plan. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I look at it, and I kind of saw the names of the funds, and I know the funds well enough. And I was like, man, you've got five of the exact same fund. So sure <laughs> enough, I went and looked them up. And you know what the top 10 holdings were. There, Of the, every single one of the funds had six. The top, of the top 10 holdings, six were the exact same six companies. And you know the six companies. And then the other four rotated between about eight other companies in the other four top 10 holdings. And all about the same, the top 10 holdings made up about the same amount in each one of the funds. So he basically bought the exact same fund five times and called it diversified. Mm. And so I just said, hey, that's probably not... As prudent as you could be, we probably we may want to take a little bit more, uh, you know, may, may, maybe try to get a little more exposure into small caps and inter- emerging markets and some international stuff, which international has not done very well in a long time, and that may be a place that we talk about. Is there opportunity internationally? We need to talk about that pretty soon. But I'll tell you my my uh my stock story. Yeah, and we'll we'll get out of here. There's a guy in town, and I, I mean he's famous among brokers in town, right? And this was. Uh, probably the biggest advisor in Northwest Arkansas for a long time was this guy right here. And when I got to uh, Raymond James, he was there at the office and he was kind of on the tail end of his career. And a lot of his clients had either passed or, you know, moved on. He was, um, he, he's recently passed, which is unfortunate. Um, wonderful, wonderful guy and a hilarious to be around. But he, if you participate in an IPO, what happens is the the they send a number of shares to your branch and they say, hey, well, you distribute these shares. This is how many you have to distribute. And and it's not like you kind of have an infinite number of shares because when you operate in the primary market or when you operate in the syndicate, there's only a certain number of shares you can distribute. And this guy used to just distribute tons of these IPO shares. He just like, just, it was it was like Walmart, was like Amazon um, of, of the IPOs. I mean, he would, so they, they even though his, client base was way down they kept sending them to him and he would walk up and down the hall and like bang on your door and tell you he's and he looked at me and I'd, i had never tried, i'd never done an ipo before and he bangs on my door and he walks in and he's like john you got any clients that can that can buy about 200 shares of this this uh, ipo we're doing on thursday and i was like yeah I'm, i mean I'm, i got a client or two that might do it i got one that would be interested i think and he's like great all right i'm gonna write you down for 200 shares And i was like well, well, well what is it and as he's like turning his back to walk out the door, I was like, well, what, what stock is it? Is there, any, is there any information that goes along with it's, this? And he, and he turns I could up, just hear him. He's like, it, I don't give a rat's butt what stock it is. Nobody cares what stock it is. Pick up the phone, dial their number, tell them you're going to make money. And I tell you what, you get paid a pretty nice little kicker on this one. So if you'll sell the all, all 200, I'll even kick in a little for you. So that way I can keep getting my syndicate shares. And I was like, "That's how it works." That's how it that's works. How it that's works. not good. <laughs> and this is, and, and and I want you to know, this is a great guy. Oh yeah. yeah, great guy. It's not him. The industry is broken in this way, in this in this kind of, this kind of weird way. And that's, and that doesn't. I don't know that that's still how it happens. I don't know if that is or not. You know, we we obviously don't have access to, to IPOs like we did whenever we worked at big wirehouses. But um, but man, it was a it was a hilarious story. When he looked at me, he's like, "I don't care what stock it is. I don't know. I've already sold
2: four thousand shares, and I don't know what stock it is." He was like, did you have to eat any of those? Did you did you have to buy no. any of those unknown stocks, or did no. you get all two hundred? You can't yeah, yeah, you uh,
0: can't. You can't do it for your own account. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, you can't participate. Okay. Yeah. So, no, it, it, I
1: did I I can't remember if I placed it or not. But man, I, I you know what? I think I did place it. He I did. think I did place it and I told the guy on the phone, you know, and, and I told him the story. I was honest with him. I told him the whole story and I was like, I don't have no idea what it is. You know, I don't think he knows what it is. And the guy was, he kind of laughed and he's like, ah, it's probably, it's probably okay. So we did it. He made money. You know, he did it, made money, and we sold it shortly after and he was happy. And I was happy because I was honest with him and got paid. So, right. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was good. So, um, all That's right. Guy. Great. What a great
2: experience. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
1: The the hazing that goes on in the wirehouses, I don't know that it does anymore, but I think I was like the last guy that got hazed in a wirehouse. And <laughs> and it wasn't that intense, you know, it wasn't. I heard stories that were fantastic, just hilarious stories that these guys will share forever, you know. It was like a fraternity of brokers, you know, like a like a frat party every day you went in there and it was
2: about trading stocks instead of You know,
1: going to class or whatever you do in a frat. So my
2: my favorite stories were the ones you'd tell when y'all go out to lunch together, and somebody would end up having to pick up the tab because y'all had some kind of math game going on. Yeah, and it was always him because he wasn't that good at the game. He he was always the the one that wanted to play. (laughs) Thank goodness he had the money. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) man. There
1: was a couple of times uh, that ticket. I was like, man, if I get this one, that's it. That's, That's it. it. It's over. <laughs> That's it. I'll just I'll just get turn it. I'll throw the keys of my car on the table and walk out. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh. um, man, guys, that that was good. Closing thoughts. Anything else that we want to cover? I think we did a pretty good job of covering stocks to avoid. Maybe sectors. I don't know that that if you're listening and you were expecting some like you know five stocks to avoid and here's why. We're never going to be the ones that give that to you, but hopefully you have some ideas about some of the the challenges that some of these sectors may have and some of these companies may have that are out there but anything that you guys want to close with
0: uh, my own thought is that the market is still not cheap we're we're in one of the most expensive markets in all of recorded stock market history and, and interest rates are, are crummy so it's still a, a be very careful market mm-hmm. i just everybody's excited about Seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with this COVID thing, maybe you know the the two vaccines that are coming up, but the markets have come back so much, so it's still shocking to many many of us in the business that markets are at all time high record valuations without justification for that, seemingly. Um, yeah, they, the Fed has printed trillions of dollars. If it wasn't for the, all of the, the liquidity that the Fed has created, all of all of the money that they've pulled out of thin air, I don't think would be anywhere near this. So it, it's, I mean, we're, we're higher than we were 10 or 11 months ago pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So how are things better to justify those higher prices? So, uh, you know, um, I, I think the first, my own thought is that maybe the first few months of the Biden presidency, it'll just be more of the same, trying to sort of figure out this COVID thing, kind of dealing with that. And and then maybe we'll start to see some of their... Um, longer term yeah. goals yeah. you know some and, of the and policies, policies. Start to come into play. Th- that's my own thought and, and I'm yeah. not a, a policy expert or a political expert well, it just feels like a lot of that like stuff doesn't even take
1: st- effect in, in 20 you know it won't even take effect right, in 2021 right. it just feels 2022 like 2022 before some of that tax stuff will take effect even if he if he even if he is able to get some of those those and are d- lofty tax goals and he's got a
0: depends on the Georgia Senate yeah, race a lot yeah. that, you know that's going to be a big a big deal here yeah. in the next mm-hmm. couple of months and so it just feels like maybe we're just going to have more of the same and just sort of trying to survive and kind of quote Get back to normal is everybody's first priority, and in, in before changing, you know, a, a lot of other laws and tax policy and stuff. So, and, and since the, there wasn't a big blue wave, since the the Republicans took a few seats in the House and so on, you know, maybe um, maybe it will be more of a um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Divided gridlock. Gridlock. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yes. You know, I think
1: so. I think the one thing about Joe Biden as president is he has a history of reaching across the aisle and being yes. able to work with other people right and that's and and when he was there in the white house with obama that was what that was what obama called on him to do a lot was Correct. to go go down and and talk to his friends his the people in congress that were his friends that he knew that he could he could sit down and try to communicate this is what we're trying to get done this is how we're trying to do it and we've lost a lot of that you know i mean we've got a very right. divided uh, yeah very divided like almost a toxic atmosphere so very toxic so Maybe uh, maybe we'll get back to some of that. We'll get some actual some actual policies that both sides can contribute on. I, I do see it being a little bit more regulatory, a little bit more taxing, but we're at historically low tax rates. Right. And, you know, a lot of a lot of regulation that occurred post oh eight, oh nine was repealed and, and removed. And so would some of that stuff come back in the banking sector? And does that slow the flow of money down again? I don't know. You know, I I don't know and I don't, I don't know how that'll play out. Those are my thoughts. What about you, Don?
2: Well, I, I mean, you guys kind of stole my thunder there. That's what I was going to talk about—the the whole thing of um, if in Georgia the two Senate seats go to the Democrat side, then you're going to have the House, the Senate, and the presidency, mm. and then there's going to be a much easier path for them to just shove through things that they want to shove through, and we and may they'll see, go fast. yeah, they'll, we, they'll get they'll get them through real fast. Yeah, too. we may see a lot of things happen faster and possibly things a lot differently than the way we see them now. You know, yeah. I think I think you know you think about taxes, you think about renewable energy stuff, you think there's the minimum wage, I mean all those kind of things. The on the other side of the fence, if we see the the two senate seats in georgia go to the republican side well then now we got the gridlock like keith's talking about and so that could slow everything down mm-hmm. and make it thing things maybe move in a, in a better fashion Com- a little more compromise and negotiation may have to happen which would be good in this particular case but it does feel like to me that if biden does actually win the election and it does look like he will that um, things could be different on the investment side. There's there's things that we need to be careful of, not that one side's, more pro market because that's really not true. Statistics don't bear it. Statistics show us that it doesn't really matter whether there's a Democrat or Republican in the White House. The market kind of does what the market does. Mm-hmm. But the areas where it could be good and the areas to avoid, those are definitely going to be different. And so that would be something to pay attention to as we go forward. And so that's kind of what I've got. I'm excited yeah. to talk about things that could do really well in a Biden presidency, right, you, right. you mentioned, um, what did you mention? Healthcare, yeah, healthcare, right, health Well,
1: and a lot of that's not necessarily Biden presidency. That's more just pent up demand from, yeah. from the shutdowns and, the, and COVID and things like that. Yeah. Um, Is that what we're talking about next time? Yeah. I mean, okay. we'll talk about that next time. You know, if we're going to say, you know, name a stock here, mine's going to be commercial REITs. I think if I were to avoid one stock in 2021, personally, it would be commercial REITs. And again, that's not a recommendation to do that. I could be wrong. However, logically, that seems like a place where there's going to be more headwind than opportunity. What about you, Keith?
0: I would I would agree with that. I think that's a, I mean we could sit here and ponder it. And since I didn't have something already written down, I, mm-hmm. I second that as just the demand for office space. Forget Biden, forget Trump. You know, yeah, it's just, all it's all COVID. The world has been changed, and you know um, that. And then uh, you know, airlines. Still down still on the airlines, still like, struggling. I, I can't I mean, wait to get on a plane lines? and like, yeah. go somewhere safely and have fun on a vacation. Yeah. So we'll, we'll all fly eventually, but I think the, the commercial aspect, business mm-hmm. travel, and then just, just less demand for offices or smaller offices. Um, some people want to work from home. Some people want to be in the office. Some some employers may give their people the choice. Yeah. Like, look, would you rather get up in the morning and be here and be around your friends and coworkers and thrive? Or are you more introverted and you want to stay home? You don't have to drive. You don't have to spend as much on gas and get a parking yeah, spot yeah. and get out in the weather. Um, I don't know yeah like i would
2: say i would say one stock that i would um and ditto to every bit of that i would say one stock would be uh, anything related to the restaurant industry anything in that mm-hmm. um, i would say be really careful right now because yeah. that does not feel good or look good over the next six months to a year that could be really tough now it may change i mean you may have a huge dip and then a right. great opportunity will exist at that point. But up until, yeah, I'd be real careful in that industry right now.
0: Price yeah. matters. Yeah, we've talked about mm-hmm. that so many times is, is that, you know, even something that you're not real bullish on, you, you might buy and make a good money on because the price is so ridiculously cheap. And so, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, now that we've um, had the big, nasty, horrible sell off and things have come back as much as they have, it, it seems scary, again, that we're at these record high valuations even when the rest of this hasn't been resolved. It'll get resolved eventually. I mean, I think those vaccines will get out there, but uh, it just seems like there's still more work to do. Thanks for listening.